Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Hello, and welcome to the Awful Neutral Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Damian Mercado. With me, as always, is Clint Beiser as... Artificarian. Jesse Egan as... Bangley Kamachud. Salvador Viesca as... Letario de la Pulga. Thank you for rolling those R's, sexy. <laughs> Caleb Cleveland as... Is that pig Latin? I don't, I don't, I don't write too good. Turtle Latin. Latin. Oh, yeah. Dave Callens as... Kevin Tabaxi Paladin. Sarah Lee Steiner as... Gertrude. Just Gertrude. Playing real coy with that last name, Gertrude. <laughs> Because I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Share truth. <laughs> and the thing is, here's the thing. You've been married nine times. I believe that is canon. You have nine marriages under your belt. Wow. So it should be a very hyphenated name. <laughs> taking way too much effort for it me to think like of. should be like Dumbledore or something like that. <laughs> but then one of them was like Hispanic, so then I got the like De La backwards yeah. <laughs> thing in there too. This is our 32nd episode we're recording right now. Wow. Can mm. you give us... At least one of your last names. Can you can you promise to tr- attempt to find a way to insert Lopez or whatever one of your nine last names is at some point? I think the fans have earned it. They've I, listened to I you promise. murder children. De La Pulga. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I promise oh, at some point in the next five <laughs> episodes, I will I will think of a last name. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, that's, that's a commitment. It's a guarantee. Promise if you promise. remind her every episode for five episodes. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. I will do it. That's how my get boss that gets last me to name. do things, too. Yeah, it, I mean... Five weeks, that's a respectable amount of time to come up with a last name. No shame at all. Congratulations on your masters. Thank you. From Trump Trump University. (laughs) I want to thank our listeners for all the support they provided. We've been getting a lot of tweets and emails. Thank you very much. And if you like the show, recommend us to a friend. Give us a comment on iTunes. Giving us a comment on iTunes makes us more prominent in podcast searches. So if you think this podcast belongs to the masses and deserves for every person to be listened to, go ahead and give us five stars on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. You'd be rolling a 20 for your sale. And don't be afraid to reach out to the show at Awful D&D. We've had a few people reach out and have NPCs named after them. So if you'd like to have yourself immortalized in dick jokes on a podcast, please let us know. Last time on Awful Neutral, our brave and disgraceful adventurers barely survived a nightmarish trap, having been physically and mentally maimed by their attackers, as well as their own attempts at comedy. The party slowly awoke to find their friend, standing in a room full of murdered ball cultists. Gremel Stonebreaker stands locked in place, a pained look on his face. Clinging to the wall in the far end of the room was Gremel's opponent, Freddie Mercury. Gertrude's dude sprung into action and intervened on their friend's behalf just in time. After the intense battle that saw the party confronted with their darkest nightmares, Freddy was brutally defeated and dismembered by a rage-enhanced gonk. (laughs) (laughs) Brutally. Fatality. Brutality. As opposed to civilly dismembered. Yes. He very that civilly was, dismembered play. every one of Freddie Mercury's you arguments. your sentence with a preposition, bitch. <laughs> Shortly after the battle, Gremel explained to the party where he had been since they had last seen each other. After that, the party was contacted by Grace and Gersigar Galgari on their Stone of Far speech concerning their first mission. The party met with the Decemberists in a secret location in the slums district. Once there, Sean Sunseeker revealed that Constable Elton 
head of the Duke's Court City Watch, was also in attendance and had matters to discuss. The constable revealed that he knew all about Malison and her crew's distribution of giant cocaine into the city. However, he cared little for drug offenses. His primary concern was with who gave him the information regarding the party's drug misdeeds and who demanded their incarceration. It was revealed that the Black Order and Mercutio had ordered Malison's ship, the Minute, to be impounded and its crew interrogated. Malison and Gonk were now fugitives just the same as the rest of the party. Though he didn't enjoy siding with drug dealers and pirates, the party's reputation thus far has been one that works for the good of the people. Or pirate drug dealers. Seeing you as the lesser of two evils, and somebody who may have a part yet to play in things to come, the constable agreed to look the other way and help you escape the city on your mission. Before the episode ended, Sean Sunseeker informed the party that their first mission would be a bodyguard mission. We pick up now with our party. Alright, your first mission is going to be escorting a very important person to the oh, Citadel. Hold on, this is the Shiwi Aracroca. Correct. correct? As you were, so uh, very sorry. Right. Sean Sunseeker addresses the party. Constable Elton stands to his right. There's nobody else in this hideout in the slums district that you've made your way to. Sean Sunseeker addresses you and says... We got a very important mission, and time's of the essence right now. You guys are very much wanted by the Tian Watch. Elton can only keep the gods off you for so long. On the good news, this new mission's going to be smuggling you out of Duke's Court. Have any of you ever been to the Citadel before? It's not like you said smuggling dicks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it definitely sounds like Dick's Court. <laughs> you guys have never been a dick smuggler? <laughs> not for a good ten years. I come smuggling. Hard to understand you with that weird accent. <laughs> It's that tiny little beak. It's just so thin and fragile. Nah, we ain't never done dick smuggling, but uh, we're up for it. Why is mammals so damn horny? Why is they horny all the time? Once a dick smuggler, always No, I'm with you. I don't understand them either. I'm completely with you here. I'm I'm trying to import a very important message here, and they're talking about dick smuggling here. Are they like this all the time, mates? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Constantly. I'm grateful I got me cloaca. That sounds dirty, too. I I can make it work. I'm just saying. And a cloaca doesn't uh, demand that you talk about a cloaca every 10 seconds, unlike uh, you mammals with your, with your genitalia and your horniness. <laughs> Both know, you right? and Gonk are uh, very similar in that. Exactly. One hole is enough for me, thanks. I don't yes. have any. They all say that at first. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love getting a little dirty and getting a little blue comedy with you, but as I said, tones of the essence. Right. I'm going to escort you out of the city through these tunnels. All right. Grayson is going to take you to an abandoned mill just outside of town. There you're going to uh, meet with some healers who are going to restore you. You're also going to meet with uh, who you'll be in charge of protecting. All right. Grayson, whenever you're ready, please guard them through the tunnels. Absolutely. Uh, everybody, follow me right this way. Let's do it. I've missed your dozen tones, Grayson. <laughs> Grayson walks to the back of this stone abbey, opens up the trap door that you entered the room with, and takes you down. You start down similar tunnels that you took to get here. You guys travel for what seems like 45 minutes at a decent pace. Grayson is trying to get you to this mill in a hurry. When you guys exit the sewer, you exit through a drainage tube that leads into a creek on the far end of the city. This creek has somewhat dried up. There is an abandoned mill that Grayson confidently strides towards, opens, and enters. I'm glad to be out of the sewers. Give me a perception check. Every, the highest roll was a 23? Yes. From Gertrude and... Wait, is this something that I can take part of? Anybody who's up top uh, who has exited the tunnel? 23. All right, so three people, 23. You guys take stock of your new environment. It looks like the rural-urban divide. Some of these buildings are long abandoned, and the forest has crept up. But even so, the, the forest is not more than a mile of you. This mill is actually the last building you see. Next to it, you see a huge caravan. This is a steampunk six-wheeled contraptions, dually wheels in the back, two large wheels up front. 
This structure stands 30 feet high. It is tied down with all sorts of supplies. If you've ever seen somebody uh, pack a pickup truck 20 feet high. I'm picturing one of the vehicles from Mad Max Fury Road. If you want another nerd reference, think of it as a steampunk version of the Jawas little land ship, land collector, junker. Sand crawler. Sand crawler. (laughs) Sostagari is equivalent to a long haul 18 wheel truck. Transporting things by airship can be expensive. Something doesn't have to be that way quickly. Business tends to thrive on these types of vehicles carrying large amounts of goods over long distances. They run by mechanical and magical means, so uh, fuel is relatively cheap. It's just a lot slower than traveling by airship. However, Gonk, Kevin, and Gertrude know that there's more to this vehicle that meets the eye. Oh, it's a transformer. (laughs) It turns to Optimus Prime. (laughs) Is it even its final form? (laughs) Michael Bay steps out. Huge explosion. The caravan just blows up. Get back in there. You guys notice, Gertrude, because you have a a CD pass that I assume you'll get into a little bit more as the adventure goes on. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Gertrude dies off. Nobody cares. She has no backstory. She's a fucking homeless person who wanted to die. One giant cricket comes out of the house. (laughs) Eats her in one gulp. Kevin knows what he's looking at because he spent a lot of time tracking criminals in the thieves' city of Des Moines, perhaps learning their secrets. And Gonk is an expert smuggler as well. They all know that this is a cover. This. This is a battle barge made to look like a caravan. (coughs) Battle barges are similar in frame and chassis. They're both meant to support large weight and be tough. However, the battle barge is the military version. Usually, instead of meant to carrying large amounts of cargo. Carries a bunch of battle. It's impressive because something of this magnitude is rarely seen outside of a military base, which is probably why it has to be disguised to look like a civilian transport. Well, look at this yawn civilian transport here. Nothing weird about it. Unless anyone saw anything different and wants to communicate that to the rest of us. Gertrude Gertrude looks over at Kevin. Something's fishy with this one, huh? Chud or the battle barge? Both. Mm, Good point. Battle barge? barge? Right there. That's what what you call uh, hiding in plain sight. Hmm. What's a battle barge, y'all? It's like an RV, but instead of recreation, it's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Grayson beckons the party to come inside. All right, we follow. Come inside. I beckon you to do so. (laughs) Well, I reckon if you beckon... We've got to, we must hurry. Time is of the essence. Man, I have missed your glib ways. Everybody make a beckon roll. Thank you. Hold on, I've been beckoned. Oh, no, I rolled back. I got loser. (laughs) When you guys enter, you see Grayson standing in the back of this abandoned mill. Unlike the last hideout you were in, which only seemed not used from the outside, whereas inside it was... Inside, this is abandoned and crappy, too. Inside, this place is shitty. It doesn't look like it has seen many people in it in many years. You see very plainly dressed older human male. I would like to introduce you to who you will be protecting and... um, then fill you in on the details of this mission. All right. Hell yeah, let's get to escorting. We gonna uh, meet someone new. Upon hearing that, the humbly dressed human in the corner of the room, an older human male, steps forward. He's wearing glasses, graying hair all around the sides. He's balding up top. He's wearing very humble cloak and priest robes. You get to protect Larry David. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and give me a history check, everybody, as this oh, character oh, steps oh, forward. Ooh, I got a 20. Oh, I did too. Anybody who got a 15 or higher 
recognizes this as a very popular figure in this world. He's regularly in the news. He is the elected ruler of Vestania. He is in his fifth term as regent. You guys recognize standing in front of you is Lord Regent Bartrand Sandville. Y'all, that looks like uh, Lord Regent Bartrand Sandville. Yeah, yeah. Bartrand Sandville. You got you no, it. right on the tip of my tongue. I thought so too. We both I just didn't want to be wrong, you know. Oh. Bartrand. Shouldn't be wrong, so embarrassing. Well, you guys recognize this figure. Perhaps the rest of you just don't really read the news that often. Oh, yeah. He's from the, 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 mm-hmm. the, our version of Sabado Gigante. <laughs> he's, a, he's our Don Francisco. <laughs> he's had yeah. more facelifts than Gertrude's had. Dude, since Gertrude and I rolled higher, we recognize that he's actually a battle barge disguised <laughs> in this region. We're in the soundstage first. <laughs> you guys know quite a bit about him. As a matter of fact, because you rolled a 20. Oh my God, please say that Gertrude is married to him. Yes, please. <laughs> Gertrude. Okay. I know him in the biblical sense. Okay. But does he know you back? Was he conscious? It didn't last long. Those of you who rolled above 15, the rumors are true. This man walks the walk. You don't see somebody who is elected ruler of Vistania standing in front of you. Not often. He is not dressed in the heirs of most people with his amount of power and influence. Again, this looks like a man who you might mistake for a pauper, a cobbler. He doesn't have the body for it, but so not a blacksmith. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was grossed out by his like drab, boring duds. Body by cobbler. <laughs> so he's seems- a cobbler gobbler. That's my nickname. <laughs> oh, that would, uh, I like that you said that in Sarah group? Lee voice oh, and after yeah. true voice. I know, right? He looks at the party it seems as if he has something he wanted to say, but when he looks at the group standing in front of him, he scans the party, and he locks eyes with Gertrude, his ex-wife, of <laughs> many, many years ago. Married That's a, history. When this human was a young man, and he married a troubled well, young Back when man. he was the elected leader of Stankonia. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time to be princess. Well, I felt like that one should have hit hard. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you, Sal. <laughs> he takes a deep breath in as if he was about to say something, sees Gertrude. It's been so long since I've seen you, Gertrude. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I haven't oh, seen you since I was running for. I, I haven't seen you since since we were married. I, I, I ran. I won the comptroller election in the, in the local district in the southern district of Stankonia. After election day, you you just you weren't there. What happened? Oh, God. I, I we and I vowed to fight for the bottom ninety nine percent. Oh, it's you. I couldn't have been anybody else. You know this old gnome character? No, each other. We experienced the heights of passion <laughs> that you would not believe. Father, Listen, Gonk. We were high on equality and fighting injustices, and I can assure you that we ravaged many a bar tavern restroom Gertrude, with our did, love. Gertrude, did you feel the burn? <laughs> I, I've made a lot of mistakes in my past, okay? Well, He's I, your mistake? He often complains. He's wonderful. <laughs> no. It's not the lingering burn you constantly talk about in your sleep? She's always complaining about burn. Well, unfortunately, no. That's the gonorrhea from him. Subtlety went out the way. <laughs> you, you gotta give the name some flavor for yeah. this, this world. It can't just be straight gonorrhea. Goblin Rhea. I'm all that cobbler gobbler. You were the only person who ever gave me Goblin Rhea. And, uh, <laughs> I'm and, and, and I'm going to be a little honest with you. I love Jane Sandville very much, but uh, sometimes on those lonely nights I do think, what could have been with you and I, Gertrude? R.B. Siplex B. We have important business. We don't have a lot of time. As you can see, you notice Large Marge the Battle Barge. Outside. That's the uh, name. Um, Large Marge the Battle Barge. Can you please come again? There's not a lot of Say that one more time. Yes. One. Uh, that, that is uh, with the resources of Vastania, you have to understand. I have a lot of political enemies, <laughs> a lot of people who are fighting for the 1% who I'm trying to, to, to defeat politically and democratically. Uh-huh. 
What's AOC like in real life? Delightful. Delightful. What does she, she smell like? She's, she's the exact opposite of Gertrude. She's shower, she's well-educated, mm. well-read. Do you understand why I left his ass <laughs> now? There's nothing but insults. You broke my heart. Well, you um, left him. Oh, so that you did have a yeah. previous heart attack. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant to the, to the previous episode. I, I have, I have... He should be dead by now. He's please, getting rather please. worked up. The time is of the essence. How, how many times do I have to say this? This is very. You know what? I'll tell, tell you what. I'm. Uh, Time's of the essence for him. Grace, you know what he is? Grayson, go ahead and go back to the Sembrist. Go give them the rundown of the battle barge. I thank you for your protection. I'm going to go on a leap of faith here and say I trust this party of Gertrude Thoots implicitly. I'm a big fan of your work, Mr. Kevin and Mr. Lothario, which you did at the Flame Festival, taking down that festival of, of decadence and Lord Privilegington, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I should be asking for your autograph. Well, don't you worry about nothing, Triple G. We can take care of this old socialist, no problem. Very good. I am busy, but uh, please. Democratic socialist. Like don't to... waste his time. He's He's got a lot to do. Just uh, hurry up. Yeah. yeah it, it, he's he getting worked up. Like he have I, a lot left. So, uh, he's waving that hand around quite a bit. We're ready, though. We, we can help you out. Until next time, uh, I bid you adieu. Take it easy, Triple G-Easy. It's wonderful seeing you, Grayson. I, I'm supporting for your right to, to live your lifestyle and, uh, and marry whoever you want to marry, and I'll be taking that fight to the Citadel. Thank you. As you know, Gale is gone, but... Uh... I know that Universal Healthcare couldn't have saved Gale, <laughs> but I want you to know that there's a Gale out there who can be saved by Universal Healthcare, and I'm going to get everybody. That's uh, right, we have a clone Gale. <laughs> sitting. <laughs> Lord Regent Sandville escorts you all onto the battle barge. As you approach the back of this barge, it looks like there's just a bunch of cases filled with various goods and trinkets. Why is there so much two-buck chuck? As as he approaches, he pushes a button behind the wheel of the battle barge. As you can see, that case of two-buck chuck was a decoy. It's three-buck chuck. No, no! (laughs) The back opens, and you can see, actually, a a fairly spacious, though very plain and subtle, Air Force One-esque political transport wagon. Uh, you got yourself a panic room. You have to understand, the word socialism is not always well-received amongst people who don't understand what the word socialism means. So as a result, I don't travel by airship often. I usually travel by secret caravan. There's been increased security threats against me. I understand. Uh, before yeah, I go to meet with you. Yeah, you don't seem very likable. I understand. We're not judging. Well, I'm you, kidding. You don't have to like me, but I will fight for you <laughs> in the government. I want you to know that. You're winning me over. <laughs> Good. I've, guys, been, I've had a consistent guys, message for the last 40 years, ever since I was comptroller <laughs> of the Southern District. This guy's got massive grassroots appeal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, there's a lot of money. The Eric Coker brothers have spent countless dollars to try to defeat me at the Citadel, and I believe they're behind a plot that would hurt all of the, the, the common people of South Dakota. Would you or what? Of which all of you are also. Yeah, we're pretty common. Yeah. So, so what's the plan here, Barry? We we're going to uh, take this battle barge. I have a route pre-planned out. All right. That'll be happy to share. We're going to drive this caravan? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, I will need one of you to drive. Uh, in oh. fact, uh, in fact uh, we'll be able to set you there. We'll go ahead and get into the battle stations right now. Well, we're taking great pains to hide my location as well as your location because... Uh, so don't. you don't think I should be playing this guitar on the front of the battle barge then? Oh, 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 oh but you know any Simon and Garfunkel? Well... I, I'm a big fan. I let me just say, it's, gonna gonna be, it's actually going to be a two-week trip. I was so. really going to play some black metal and press did say some fireballs, but uh, I guess if you prefer some... You know, it's, it's, not my, it's not my type of music. I prefer folk, but I but I, I, I believe in music yeah, that, that, that the people... You compromise with some genuine. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Woody Guthrie? Version of genuine. <laughs> Folk genuine. You are, genuine. I have heard of this bard. He's, yeah. it seems he's like, just a bachelor. 
<laughs> after he de- debuted at that flame festival, I must say, I'm the biggest genuine fan out there. I, I dare right? I say. Someone who knows how to ride. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got well, an idea for running. Get in line, Burn, if you're a genuine fan. But, oh, uh, if you know some genuine, please, it's going to be a long ride. I could, we could use, we could use we, some music. We know all of one song. I'm a, you know most of all of one we know. <laughs> we know that song real well. He uh, walks you around the ship. Okay, here's the introduction. Here's the latrines. I uh, don't look good. I chose you guys because we needed a small party. I needed somebody I can trust. I needed somebody who uh, who isn't going to be bought off by the 1%. And uh, you guys are just that bill. I'll be bought off by a bigger latrine. I'll tell you that. That thing looks small. Yes, the, uh, the battle barge, what it lacks in, uh, in, uh, in bathroom convenience, yeah. it more than makes up for in safe transport. All right. As he takes you over to... This was a line in his vows. <laughs> Shane, I promise to protect you in my armor transport vehicle through diplomatic crisis at the diplomatic crisis. <laughs> I'm just imagining like the cricket flying into the sunset. Like, <laughs> she's funny now. <laughs> I work like Mary Poppins. <laughs> My work oh, here is great. done. Chirp, chirp. Tips and tat at us. Up here, we have the uh, the cockpit. It almost looks like you're on the the driver's seat of a Model T. Mm. Like the way the way the steering wheel and like yeah. the, the gear shifts designed. Adorable. Whoever's the best driver probably want to do this. It's going to be boring, but you get to drive a cool vehicle for a long time. You get to Not usually our way. We like to have the worst driver and then cause a lot of chaos. Kevin walks towards the the cockpit. But no, we'll how hard can it be? We'll do it your way this time, Burn. <laughs> Thank All you, right. thank you. I appreciate it. It's a very important mission. Safety is a concern. Right. <laughs> Kevin's right. tail's just wrapping around yeah. every button. <laughs> Who's going to go ahead and uh, drive this thing? Because we got to get on going. That's the first thing. Kevin Mal- raises his hand. Now going to drive. And uh, I'll, I'll back up. I'll be the uh, code Jaeger on this thing. <laughs> All right, Malison. Here you go. Uh, there are two features that this battle barge has. Customizations that uh, I had personally put in. The first, uh, you'll notice right here this nifty uh, NOS button. NOS, like NOS. the wrapper. No, it stands for nitrous oxide. Oh, the energy. It's, uh, oh, oh. stands for nitrous oxide. It will give this battle barge a real kick. It will increase its moving speed temporarily for one round. Say if, we if don't use it at the end. Are we allowed to use it for raving purposes? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. He just gives you a wink. If you uh, need some recreational NOS, just come talk to me <laughs> a little later on tonight uh, when your guard shift is over. Recreational That uh-huh. is a strong man. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's one of the planks he's running on is legalizing all <laughs> recreational drugs. We legalized NOS years ago NOS. in Vistania and banned private prisons. We are currently living in the greatest utopia in Sostic Aria. Oh, it's and it's all due to, like, <coughs> Nas tax stuff. Dividends. That's it. <laughs> uh, as you can see here, Mellison, this button right here controls the autocannons. They will make it so you do not have to aim. They will simply fire. They should help in a combat situation to... Should uh, one arise. Should one arise, which I do not anticipate. Which I was really... I mean, we have taken such great care and plenty. I don't even know why I'm giving you this authority. Yeah. You're not even going to need I don't either. I mean, there's no way there's going to be combat. No. no. Not with us. Is Kevin, uh, is Kevin close enough that he can press the auto cannon button? Because he just wants to fire it. Yeah. He is. Roll... Uh, just roll a dexterity check. We're going to see if you can do it fast enough for uh, this. And it's going to be a low DC for this old man. Otherwise, Burn slaps him with a shaky hand. Uh, 14 plus 3. 17. Yeah, you, you absolutely hit it. Mr. 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 Paladin, they work. I can show you. I've tested these these things out myself. They work. But as you press it, these two outer cannons come online. In front of the windshield, you see two steampunk-looking arms come out with Ooh. a simple steampunk pipe cannon. 
fires two rounds directly at a sapling tree standing in front of you. It obliterates that sapling. No, I oh. just planted that. <laughs> so that tree, the tree of endless possibilities. You see a squirrel run to back president. to the crater. Dang it. Oh, yeah, I could have sworn I had a family here. Better than shooting uh, a donkey in the taint, I suppose. Uh, I used to be quite the rapscallion in my youth as well. It's fine. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh-huh. Right here, we have two flat cannon turrets uh-huh. with our NOS to make it going. This thing has a decent top speed. Do you uh, Kevin, roll the 13 plus 3 and pressing that button. <laughs> The flat cannons? Okay. Yeah. Uh, gonna press I'm just checking out the weapons, man. Before I'm he said it, in, uh, uh, the flat cannons activate, but because the cargo is still up, it blows two. <laughs> and, and if you guys know what a flat is, it essentially shoots a ball into the sky that explodes in a large radius. Kevin has activated the anti-air weaponry. <laughs> there are two cannons sitting up top on the front and back of this battle barge. However, they were covered up by supplies. Upon entering combat, these supplies were supposed to disengage and reveal the cannons. Kevin has essentially blown off the disguise. <laughs> Thanks a lot, folks. <laughs> On the front back. Knocking off our luggage, Kevin. Bertrand Sanders stops me doing, oh dear, oh dear, this this is not good. Okay, you got um, the best of the best here, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Know you. What, you know what, uh, uh, we don't have time. Uh, speed is security, so uh, we're just going to have to travel faster. Melson, get this thing moving. We are not going to stealth by our enemies or any assassins, so we're going to have to try to outrun them. Did he do a whip it right as he had direct Malison? Kevin? You know what? Uh, can, can somebody keep uh, your friend away from the controls? Kevin, can stop destroying the two bucks. Somebody checking the weapons should the need arise. Just keep your paws to yourself. Go Just ahead. Burn, show us the rest of this stuff. All right, well, b- make b- it quick so Kevin don't no F it up. We have two torrents here. We should, You guys should decide at Kevin, some point. You should, you should operate one of these. You know how. Just uh, stay here yeah. and yeah. wait until we need to. This one works. You, you got this, bud. Well, you guys don't have to decide now, but we have two We have two of these turrets here. They're going to be used uh, as air defense in the event of an attack. We have one more specialized station, and that is uh, down here in engineering. In this large 30-foot-tall battle park, it takes you down to the bottom. You see that this is the engine room. You see moving pistons. You see... Tifi's uh, eyes start to spark. Tesla coils. <laughs> this right here is the engine room. Uh-huh. If the battle barge takes damage, this is where you can uh, repair it. Whoever's going to be uh, the chief engineer of this mission, I will. Uh, like a job for TV's hand shoots up <laughs> so quick. Oh, uh, you, Mister, you, uh, Mister I must say, I, uh, you're my the first awakened warforge I meet. This is uh, this is an honor. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, you, he's made out of soul garbage. He ain't big on pronouns. <laughs> uh, Fair been from the nineties. Well, he hands you a <laughs> wand. You recognize it as a wand of mending. It is a very simple wand. However, he goes, this wand right here is actually uh, is actually attuned to this battle barge. Every time uh, you need to repair the ship, you just simply touch what needs to be repaired, and uh, depending upon your tinkering skills, you'll be in charge of keeping this uh, this thing running, keeping us going to where we have to go. Oh, that's going to work. You're fine, oh, tinker. It's attuned, because I already know mending, but um, if this is specifically attuned to the ship, then this will be uh, well, more, more efficient. That's very good. It is foreseeable that the ship might take on borders. We're going to need people to do combat, to be my guards, in a more physical, traditional sense. And my hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds like it's gonna be me and uh, Kellen. Yeah, maybe I can be a long range attack man. Yeah, looks like you and Sal will be good for that. I'm just gonna take a nap in the shadows and things Sal get dicey. Maybe uh, we'll the <laughs> We have about 14 days trip to our next destination, which will then take us to the Citadel. Have you guys been to the Citadel? I grew up on the streets. I grew up on the streets. My first time there was very overwhelming. Gertrude's like, one time in Citadel camp? I'm just thinking about 14 days with this guy. It's like redoing our whole marriage again. There are places for everybody to sleep. I will have my bunk. 
Gertrude, we don't have a captain's quarters, but uh, I will be up there if uh, yeah, you get... Is there an option for me to just be drugged behind this by a rope instead? Things can be arranged. <laughs> I do not support euthanasia, but I do support assisted suicide if it's consensual and between one consenting party. Yeah, it's definitely what I want right now. Keel hauling. <laughs> right, uh, I can't stop you. It's a long trip. Uh, with that, the Battle Barge, Large Marge... <laughs> Now proudly displaying her battle colors, mm-hmm. or at the very least, a, cra- a bunch of crap draped off the side and two visible anti-air turrets up the top of this battle barge. You guys get rolling out of Duke's court. Malison is a fighter. She has spent time as a pirate and perhaps marine in, a, in an organized army. She knows that if stealth is not a possibility, speed is security. She is hauling ass. She is smoking the bandit with this battle barge. Every time you guys come up on slower moving transport barges or carriages, she's riding the horn. We just point an artillery cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Despite a couple close calls where Malison had to take detours to avoid more populated areas, the trip takes a little bit longer. Malison can no longer travel through many of the bigger cities. So she's taking more of a scenic route. You guys pass through the troll forest. Just it's a bunch of people baby saying memes. hurtful things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just Reddit users. Anonymous people talking shit about you. It's all YouTube yeah. comments. Passing through the troll forest with only your feelings damaged. <laughs> uh, do we have to roll for that? It takes two weeks. Don't worry, listeners. We're going to do this in real time. <laughs> with Large Marge, the, the Battle Barge, barge humping along. At the end of day 13, you've just passed the Shanyar River. And you see, in the distance, the Kazakh Moro Mountains. In the distance. The end of the first leg of your trip. Bertrand, I see yonder mountains. We're almost at the end of this journey. Yes, good, good. It's the friends we've made along the way. Yes. It was, I would... I enjoyed playing shuffleboard. And you know what, Chud? You're right. I'm a big fan of black metal. You, uh, you've convinced me. Pretty You're... good. Actually, go ahead and give me a performance check. We're going to see how much Bertrand likes black metal. Ooh, 18 plus... Performance, one, so 19. You've inspired more than just a passing interest in the Lord Regent. You know what, I think I'm going to hire some bards, perhaps create a fund at our public universities for uh, bards who would like to study the black metal uh, musical style. He's thrashing. He's an older man who's thrashing. Mosh, uh, burn, mosh! As you're playing this on an acoustic guitar. Tifi would have gone back to designing Gonk's shell upgrades and uh, such things. Gertrude has been drunk for the whole trip. <laughs> oh, sorry. So normal. Tifi, you would like to upgrade Gonk's shell? Yes. Go ahead and roll a tinkering check. Um, yeah, so uh, he's got that... Uh, he's going to make a diorama of all our adventures. <laughs> if Gonk's okay with this, he's got that... Um, uh, what's it called? The part of the anchor in his shell. Yeah, I've got uh, like cleats. There are ropes. Mm. It's like it's yeah. It's it's a, it's a mess back there. Oh, what are you looking so to I do? I want to clean it up and some of the mess and um, make it. Uh, I wanted to kind of give him a metal plating on his whole shell. I feel like you should make it messier so it'd be like camouflage, like he can just duck down <laughs> and look like a pile of garbage. Uh, but like iron, so it's dark, the dark iron oh my. plating. And um, also uh, have like a uh, little antennae on it to like maybe try to help um, harness some of his electrical uh, raging powers. Ooh. Oh wow. Okay, I, I like that a lot. You rolled a 16? Just so you know that when when you are removing the cleats, Gonk is sort of like he seems really enthusiastic uh, when you're when you're. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily remove all the cleats, but all the rope and like garbagey stuff, I would okay. clean that off. And then the cleats I might use to help affix 
the metal plate. Oh. Oh. All right. With a 16, I'm going to say that you can do that decently well with the metal plating. The antenna, they're there. This is version 1.0. I don't think you had a high enough DC for them to be effective at channeling. But as TP knows, experimentation is part of learning and part of tinkering. And part of college. <laughs> so, yeah, TP had his first threesome last night after doing this. <laughs> Going I don't want to talk with the toaster <laughs> and the... <laughs> Just don't mess with my aesthetic, man. Can I have my arm back? Gonk had these two very crude-looking antenna on his new iron armored prosthetic. You're on 14 days. You've affixed this to Gonk if he chooses to wear it. Yeah. It takes... What do you think about this, Gonk? <laughs> I want Gonk to be like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that, that looks... Uh, that's super. Is what that... He only wears it when TP's around. Thanks a bunch, TP. It takes about 30 minutes to attach. He's avoided screwing into your shell. He tried to attach it using what's already there. Like into the cleats that are already... Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. I can, like, remove it? Mm-hmm. But it takes. Up at one point, go gone. He forgot to make you a helmet. Then I give him a tinfoil hat. <laughs> oh, Here, yeah. put this on. Yeah, now, oh yeah, now I totally don't look nerdy now. No, Thank you me. don't want the lizards to get in your <laughs> mind. What, what, what lizards? I don't what know. I took some bad acid earlier. This is a long barge trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you should really wear this tinfoil hat, though, for surezies. Well, I, all right, man. Well, this might interfere with me uh, communicating with Mal. Uh, actually, never mind, then. <laughs> he takes the circlet off. He puts the tinfoil hat on. He's like, Rumbi. When you put on that tinfoil hat, you can't hear their uh, Malison's trying to contact you about bringing her some chicken wine up in the cockpit, but you can't hear that message. <laughs> uh, or I get so Cannon, you can counteract the effects of that Tele- the circle of uh, telepathy with the tinfoil hat. I love that. Way to go, Chad. You need to mute that <laughs> armor plate. I'm gonna say it adds plus one to your AC if worn. Ooh. Takes 30 minutes to affix or take off. However, if it is very heavy, it is you have a large shell, and this is a big chunk of iron. So it takes five feet off of your movement speed. Gonk Ooh. is a very fast turtle. We'll sort out any additional lightning uh, or electrical feats. Uh, Correct. All right, cool. And a lighter design in the future. Yeah, this uh, this this doesn't suck. This is pretty good. Uh, th- thanks a bunch, TP. I really appreciate it. He gives you like this very, you know, he sort of like crawls his hands over your back and gives you like a little... If you need to make it lighter, I got some more foil. <laughs> Mr. Conk, I find that uh, the, the, your new shell almost very, very... I'm transfixed on it. looks very cool. Ooh, very add, add to charisma, I think. Yeah. I think you could perhaps uh, add to your charisma if with, uh, with a cool paint job. So uh, perhaps, I don't know, just my suggestion, if you know somebody who knows how to paint. I hadn't even thought of that. Kevin's going to uh, look at Tifi. This is fantastic. What have you made for the rest of us? I'm, I'm uh, working through the party one by one. I fixed Gertrude's hand. I got, uh, I got... You made me some chocolates. I made Judd some chocolates. I made Lothario a crossbow. Um, I've got uh, two more to go. For you, Kevin? Oh, damn. Huh? That's, a, yep. that's a big old button. Kevin presses the button again. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> uh, you guys are woken up on the 14th day with a loud boom, boom. You see Kevin standing in front of the flat cannons, which, by the way, had to be reloaded as a bonus action every time they're fired. So, which means that Kevin woke up one morning, I want to see an explosion, <laughs> loaded the flat cannon, and then hit the button to fire them. On the last day of your trip, you were much closer to the... Each other. 
you are within striking distance of the Kazakh Muro Mountains in the distance. The road becomes a bit bumpier as you get closer to the mountain. The Shanyar River, which borders the mountain, is to your right. To your left, there are breaks between hilly farmland, orchards, and whatnot, and Starbucks coffee shop, and steep, unclimbable cliff terrain. These are the dwarven highways. Ever since the founding of the empire and the coalescence of the various governments and peoples within the empire, the dwarves greatly affected trade in Sustagaria by opening up their tunnels through the mountains. These tunnels take days out of traveling anywhere and has actually made trade and expansion with the empire completely possible. These mountains essentially bisect the continent without these tunnels going through. The tunnels actually make the Kessel Run doable in 12 parsecs instead of 20. (laughs) Is there anything similar to like a crow's nest on this battle barge? There is not. Uh, TV, if you get a chance, could you help me out with uh, something that might help us spy uh, distant threats? Sure. Knock us up a, a bit of carpentry when you get a moment. As you ask that, Chud, give me yes, a sir. perception check. And I'm only saying for you two because you have the perspectacles. I do. I get advantage on this, which I'm going to need. <laughs> oh, I love that. Dang it. Uh, nine plus nine is Just 18. 18. Nice. Chud. You see something out of the corner, just barely. Just barely hit it with that roll. Glimpse something. You see, it looks like a slight distortion of reality. You you look up, and it's just in your periphery up in the sky. You can see clouds. It's a somewhat clear day, a few clouds in the sky. It's getting close to dusk. When you're looking at one of those clouds, something's off. Something's moved in front of this. The, The light that passes through the cloud has just been distorted a little bit. It's at that moment you remember that you've experienced something like this before. You've seen it. It looks like when the cloaked ships carrying the were-rat. Uh, oh, I sound the alarm. It's alarm! Alarm! <laughs> it's a living! I say, yo, we got company, y'all! And I, I send um, Hudson Hawk towards the distortion. Everybody roll initiative. With a deceptively fast response, the Lord Regent... Battle stations, everybody! Claps his hands. When he does so, white, barely visible energy escapes. White power in a, in a, literally in a, just shoots out of Just say the white power. I, I, am, I am calling the voice of the alt-right simply to gain power. <laughs> Claps his hands together. A white cleansing light uh, escapes from his hands. Barely visible, but... That's actually the name of the, one yeah. of the militia groups, uh, the cleansing light. Yeah, man, I see what you're doing. You're, you're dog whistling, Dor. <laughs> And this podcast is over. <laughs> Did you just trick me into 40 episodes of a white right wing? <laughs> Listen, when you're the token uh, person of color on this podcast, <laughs> you roll your eyes in an audible way so that our listeners know that you're somebody of Latin descent. Burrito. <laughs> this ripple goes for hundreds of feet, centering on his hands. And as it does, it reveals every one of the cloaked ships. Cloaked ships, plural? After doing this, Chud sees that what he saw, the distortion, one that he noted was one of seven. What he sees is a Da Vinci-esque steampunk flying machine. It is very simple in design. You can see that each one of these ships has two bombs attached to the front of it. These ships are coming are about 100 feet up and 100 feet out. Three on the right side, four on the left side. They are trying to flank the ship. They are on an intercept course to drop some bombs. Additionally, Mm. you guys see one much larger ship that is hovering almost directly above this larger ship. Gonk, you would know it. This is a simple APC. This is an armored personnel carrier. The ship has little to no weaponry, but has plenty of cargo space to hold troops. You can see that two ropes have already been deployed off of the back of this APC. Prepare to repair borders, y'all. Malison, not caring about the unevenness of the road, speeds up the battle barge, and we're gonna start with 
Chiefy. Anybody can man their battle stations. You can do it once right now for free. However, if Chiefy would like to go to fight hand-to-hand and not be in the bridge, it takes one action to change positions. So you can change your place. You just need to forego your turn to move to that. Kevin would want to hit the button, whatever button does the air shit, and then go to a cannon. (laughs) How many actions and whatever. Whoever's manning the flat cannon, that's your station. You have two flat cannons. So whoever wants to man the flat cannon, it will be one action to aim and fire. A bonus, your bonus action to reload it. Malison's driving. Who's in the flat cannons? And if need be, who's in the engine room? I am wherever the wine cellar is. <laughs> Passed out drunk in the middle that's of the That's not going to help, though. Floor. You know that, that's, right? That's, <laughs> You're aware that that I am help. drunk, okay, though. I'm just like, like, I'm drunk for two weeks. Shit. You've got a great bone. I respect role-playing. <laughs> Where's Gertrude? Where's Gertrude? I, 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 you just needed to stay somewhat sober and operational for 14 days. Is she, is she passed out drunk? Well, then I'm in one of the flat cannons, or both, if I can reach both. Yeah. How many other guns are there? There are two flat cannons, and there are two auto turrets, but those are controlled by the driver, and they fire as one unit, so don't worry about it. Okay. So we need someone else on the other I flat can, cannon. I don't mind. I don't mind hopping into the flat cannon. Okay. Lothario bravely mans the flat cannon at the front. Super Who mans brave. the flat yeah, cannon? I don't know how brave that is. No, it was real brave. I tied a scarf to the barrel, <laughs> just so people know it's me. Like the Red Baron, you know? Can I be closer to burn to protect him? Like, I'll take one of the flat cannons, but I think I might be more useful on the roof. On this battle barge, there are the flat cannons at the front and back. On the roof is a large space for combat, for repelling invaders. There's only one compartment beneath it. That is where uh, Bertrand, the Lord Regent, is. He has some magical abilities. You wouldn't call him a fighter. He's not proficient in combat, but he has some things that can help protect himself. Right now, he's in there alone unless somebody chooses to accompany him. Can you handle the flat cannon until anyone lands and then yeah why don't I do that I'll be on the other flat cannon okay so Chud and Lothario are at the front and back flat cannon I'm gonna be near the stairs to the um, bottom okay so but before I go anywhere I'm gonna cast bless at third level so I can target five people and that will be well since Gertrude's passed out that's not gonna help I mean I'm gonna be in a drunken stupor <laughs> right because there's only one compartment in this so think of it like the inside of a motorhome Gertrude's passed out the kitchen of the motorhome Malison's up at the front driving Bertrand is at the dinner table yeah. whereas Gonk and Kevin are up on the uh, no. deck they're up right. on the roof and you would be by the stairs leading to the engine room down okay, right so I'm just I'm just uh, casting I'm basically I'm gonna cast it on since Malison's driving not her so it'll be everyone but besides myself since I'll probably be out of combat. So it'll probably be Kevin and myself and maybe Gertrude if you can see her. All right. I, I got and five. Two. Oh, One, so two, all five three, of us. Oh, all five of us. I feel uh, powered you get at a, all. Any attack or saving throw, you get a 1d4 that you can roll and add to your uh, rolls. Is that your turn? Uh, yeah. But you're staying on the uh, second level? Engine room adjacent? Actually, if that's my... I will say it doesn't take you six seconds to change from what you're doing right now to get to the engine room and do shit, but I'm going to say if you wanted to go up top, it would, t- it, it would take your whole turn. My spiritual weapon is a bonus action, so I will cast that as well. Spiritual weapon, what form does it take? A book. Fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? So You have access to so much knowledge. But <laughs> TV claps his hands and dummy's book of- Gonk's eyes light up with a big smile as a giant ethereal copy of The Art of the Deal Oh, that cursed tone. <laughs> uh, appears right above the stairs on the roof of the battle barge. Chud, what are you doing? So I had sent uh, my bird up towards the towards the disturbance. Mm-hmm. Can my familiar try to fly up to one of the pilots of one of these ships and 
attack him, like touch him with a touch spell? Yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. So that's what I want him to do is try to fly into maybe like the airship above us, the giant one with the transport, and try to uh, try to maybe fly up to the pilot. The transport would be a much higher DC for, okay. for attack. However, all these smaller little Da Vinci-esque flying machines, these guys seem pretty distracted operating the machine. There's no windshield. They're, they're pretty open. It would be a much easier attack to have Hudson. TV, any idea what a good spell would be for touch attack for, for that? Well, like sleep. That would be great. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. If, it puts the, if they're in the air and it puts the pilot to sleep, that'd be awesome. So it says, uh, it doesn't say touch. It just says one action. It says uh, the spell sends creatures into a magical slumber. Roll 5d8. The total is how many? I, it's probably too far. You said it was 100 feet away. Yeah, they're, they're just slightly out of range. But you know what? Actually, you could use you could use them for that. Um, so center you can fly up to the... Um, Oh, yeah. Pilot yeah. and put him to sleep. Yeah, uh, go ahead and read the spell and just go, go through the, the dice. Um, it says uh, it sends creatures into a magical slumber. Roll 5d8. The total is how many hit points of creatures this spell can affect. Creatures within 20 feet of a point you choose within range are affected in ascending order of their current hit points. It's uh, You said 20 feet radius? Yeah. Could you aim for a, a pilot so hopefully like it knocks into another plane? You could cast it on the APC, I think, because it's, it's not a touch spell. So if you did want to, you, that plan is back. When you cast the spell using a spell slot of second level or higher, you roll an additional 2d8 for each slot above the first. So oh. I cast Sleep on the pilot of the APC at third level. All right, go ahead and roll uh, your Sleep damage. Uh, that's 38 total hit you points. God fucking damn. <laughs> that's, yes. that was the, that's all I can do. I can't... Chud cast this spell through Hudson. Yeah. A second or two passes, and Chud wonders if the spell was taken effect. It's at that point that you notice the APC starts to list heavily <laughs> to the left. Um, exactly oh, what yeah. I was hoping this would I thought you did port. Thank you very much. <laughs> to port. Thank you very much. You're like, I'll accept. There's a tall cliff face to your left. As it's plummeting, then you see two were rat ogres grab onto the ropes just before I think they must have been the first that were set to board however their jump order just got messed up they're going to go ahead and deploy earlier than they anticipated I'm going to go ahead and say they travel 30 feet further than they were supposed to so I'm going to roll some damage for these rat ogres before they land on the top of your ship they take 11 damage as these two hulking creatures a rat ogre in this world is as you might expect an ogre who has been cursed with it's not lycanthropy if it's a rat. Rare rats. Rabies. Rat. Yeah, rare cursed with rabies. These are far more intimidating than your typical ogre. They have roughly the size, but they're hunched over. These creatures have gone mad with their transformation. You can see it looks like self-inflicted bite marks. Like the living oh is gosh. pain. The were rat ogre, uh, the first one who lands, has his hand missing. Instead, is this crude, rusted, bladed instrument that's been surgically attached to him. His teeth look like they've been manually sharpened by whatever caretaker keeps after these creatures. He's snarling, staring at you. The second one lands. He's missing several fingers, but doesn't have any metal prosthetics. But this one looks a bit bigger and healthier, more spry. These creatures bear scars countless beatings and battles. Oh my goodness. As he lands, he says, hey guys, you have a second to talk about our savior, Pickle Rick? (laughs) (laughs) Might have wondered why I didn't name you. (laughs) 
right as these two rat ogres land, a huge explosion happens up to your left as the APC makes contact with the side of the cliff. As it makes contact, Large Marge, the battle barge, Ooh. cruises right under it. Pieces of metal engine components splash to the ground. There's a bunch of you. cogs everywhere. Looking unnecessary Just cogs. And a bunch of goggles. <laughs> yeah. That worked you don't go, Joe. Goggles on top hats. It's just fucking everywhere. Gertrude, <laughs> you're up. Look at all them gears raining down all over the place. So I'm going to wake <laughs> up. I'm going to guess you're going to make me roll at a... Sobriety check? <laughs> roll a constitution check. Let's let's start there. Constitution <laughs> check. Is that a fourth wall joke? 19. Uh, you roll the 19. Gertrude gets up as if uh, there's no hangover whatsoever. She's used to it. She's uh, she, she might not have woken up at the first sounds of explosion and everything, but certainly that airship being blown up was enough to rouse Gertrude. Nice. And so we have one ogre on the ship. Two. Two, two rat ogres. Okay. Where rat ogres? So Rogers. I'm going to go with... We're not on the roof yet, though. Passed out downstairs. Oh, I thought it was on the deck. Oh, yeah. you uh, No. Uh, I, I believe I do place, like, in the kitchen of the... In the gotcha. Like, but uh, but on the roof, on the roof so far, Try the only it. person I have not on the roof is Bertrand, Tifi, and Gertrude. Okay. Anybody else can be wherever they want, but that's just where I, I had you guys picture. So do Sounds I need good. to so use we're already on the roof. to move that's right. to the uh, deck? Yes, you, you could use your movement speed. If you were going to get inside of a, a turret or something, I'd, I'd make it be your whole turn to get in and, and get, get in the situated. barrel. But if you're just <laughs> going up the stairs to... Have you guys seen Jackie Chan's old movie, Drunken Master? I yeah. feel like this is yeah. Gertrude's yeah. forte. Yeah. Like, she's drunk. Now she's going to fucking clean house in these yeah. ogres. Yeah, because you rolled well, you are not drunk. Uh, you, Your body handled Don't it. Don't take that away from her. Oh, uh, well, she doesn't have to roll for advantage. She could be buzzed, but she's well within Gertrude's buzzed range. So I'm going to roll for um, longbow. So I'm going to move up to the deck. And then can I also do a longbow attack on one of the ogres, whichever one's closest? Yes, you can. Use her piece out there to <laughs> indicate where That's she is. That's so cool. Okay, so Gertrude just came up the stairs. Yeah, so the first one I rolled a 5, then a 13, then a 9. You, you get to roll a 1d4 to add to each of your attacks. Uh, for to hit. Rolls. To hit. Because I, I blessed everybody yeah. here. Like Did you add your modifiers to your other rolls? Your first one's a five, right? First one's five. What's your plus on your longbow? Plus eight, right? Plus 11? Is that possible? Oh, long. No, she, yeah, longbow is plus 11, long sword is plus eight. Okay, yeah, she has a lot of dex. You, all the three of your hits would have hit. Gertrude quickly gets to the top of the stairs. Despite the fact that there is still alcohol in her breath, she's an expert at what she does. She's an expert with the bow, and these rat ogres are pretty huge and easy to hit. She quickly, one after another, just chain shoots three arrows. They hit the rat ogre at a tight shot group, center mass, on the right side of its chest. So my total damage for the three was 28. Uh, the rat ogre screams with rage as these arrows tear into its flesh. The last arrow going the deepest, you can actually kind of see it starting to poke out the backside of this uh, rat ogre's burly thick barrel chest. Anyone want an ogre kebab? Crickets appear. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. The sun darkens. What do I need to roll the fight on them? Where crickets? That damn cricket comes back on the. He was slowly floating away on the umbrella, and then he just goes, <laughs> turns around, like, damn it. Yeah, the rat ogre, upon hearing that joke, kind of uh, stops snarling for a second, goes, <laughs> kind of like takes his hand and goes, like does that iffy hand motion, but immediately snaps back into its rage. Gertrude, you just attacked that rat ogre. He is going to uh, attack. He is going to melee attack you. He's first going to try to sink his jaws into your neck. 21. My armor class is 16. Ouch. He bites over your neck. 
He has your leather armor. His teeth are not actually penetrating your skin. Uh, however, he is yeah, crushing you between this leather armor. Your leather armor is actually holding out, preventing the teeth from penetrating. Gonna, yeah, you, you get however, rat leather whatever the hell it is, right? You turn into decorative cabbage. <laughs> yeah, I want to, like, when he bites, just look him like, are you contagious? Because I am. <laughs> I'm right back. Um, the rat purposely doesn't bite into her skin. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, I don't want to catch nothing. You're gonna the catch rat it seizes up and dies. <laughs> the rat's like, she might have rabies. But he rolled a natural one on his claw attack, so I'm going to assume that he bit Gertrude. Something disagreed with them with the taste of what's happening. <laughs> oh. yeah. Gertrude's, Gertrude's menthol cigarette ashes on the on the rat ogre's tongue. It tries very clumsily to flail with its claws at Gertrude and missed wildly as this elf is just being like a chew toy almost, <laughs> just being like shaken by this were rat. Your putrescence is an advantage. You're gonna make me hell. <laughs> Can I start puking? Into its mouth. Is, is, uh, is your head fully into the rat jaws? So if you puke, you puke down its throat. That's amazing. One, yeah, like Gertrude's puking her hungover Hangover. stomach oh, brew God. into this rare rat. This rare rat is not. A, in fact, this rare rat's going to roll a constitution save. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the seven. Uh, this wear rat uh, vomits, uh, spits Gertrude out. Uh, he, he is not handling this. Wear rat is scrubbing its tongue. He's thoroughly grossed out. Uh, Gertrude, uh, from that bite attack, though, go ahead and take 16 damage. Ooh, shit. All right, second wear rat is up. He looks at Kevin, who's given him this bring it eye. Yeah, Kevin does the uh, uh, Neo from the Matrix, the little kung fu. <laughs> Come here. He is going to try to bite and claw. At Kevin. 18 to the first attack. 17, goddammit. Ooh. Right. And claw attack, 17. So I have two hits. Ouch. A were rat cat? That'd be really confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kevin puts his hands out, does the neo taunt, the, uh, the one handed beckoning to the giant rat ogre. The rat ogre, you. It's hard to tell if a starling beast is smiling, but Kevin gets the feeling this is the closest thing to happiness this creature will ever receive. <laughs> it gets down on all fours in two quick bounds is over at Kevin. Kevin's able to bring his armored hand up. Kevin uses the armor on to catch the rat ogre's mouth. The rat ogre's teeth sink into the corners of the joint of the, of the armor. Kevin is bleeding from the arm. However, he does have the wear rat exactly where he wants him. He's able to use his, his arm to control the rare rat's upper body and prevent him from clawing at him. Kevin takes 14 damage. Kevin readies his hammer for his attack. Speaking of which, Kevin, you're up. All right, question uh, for the two nerds that know all the rules. Uh, Tiffy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was going to say, I forgot to say this. Obviously, I didn't do it. But in a situation like this in the future, when I go to the roof, can I just be holding my breath or I did be invisible? If you say it, yes. But if okay, because I forgot to say it. This time. Yeah. All right. So, the seven bombers have now moved into position. They are getting ready for their attack run. Each one of them has moved their maximum speed. They are lined up in a row now, all seven of them, 20 meters apart. They are in a, a bombing chain, ready to start a bombing run on your ship. They've decelerated to the speed of your ship. There is a train of seven bombers starting about 40 feet in front of your ship and 60 feet up. The bombers are not ready to drop their payload yet, but they're almost. Okay. I don't know how many things I can do on my turn. I've got Vow of Enmity, and I've also got Hunter's Mark. Vow of Enmity, is it a bonus action? Yeah. It's a bonus action. Vow of Enmity. So is uh, Hunter's Mark. Okay, so you have to choose which one you want to do. This turn. Vow of Enmity is, uh, I gain advantage on attack rolls against it for one minute. And you can transfer your Vow of Enmity target. I, I would Vow of Enmity all the way. Vow of Enmity is the bonus action. Yeah, I'm just going to attack with a hammer. Boom. All right, go ahead. We could roll me uh, an attack at advantage. And I 
rolled a one on the first one. So mm. Good thing. Good Good thing. Good thing. Uh, it was a four plus eight, which is twelve. Oh plus yeah. Plus, plus one d four. That hits. Plus two. Fourteen. Fourteen. Kevin, while he does seem a bit thrown off by the power and savagery of his were rat ogre opponent. This fight is going exactly the way he has envisioned it. With a smile, he dismisses the blood that is dripping from his arm, violently removes his, his arm from the rat ogre's mouth, Same. grabs his hammer with both hands, brings it above his head, and brings it down onto this were rat ogre. It is a wild swing, but very powerful. Roll me damage. 2d6 plus 5. Roll two sixes. Uh, so 12 plus 5, 17. Woo! Woo! Spite. Woo! Yes. Spend one spell slot to deal an extra 2d8 radiant damage. Yeah. Plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than first. Oof. 25 total. 25 damage total? Nice. Kevin brings the hammer down hard onto this were-rat ogre's shoulder. It is a mighty blow, and the were-rat ogre, you hear bones break. Down my the, shoulder! But for the most part... <laughs> The creature kind of remains immobile, and you could tell it, it's hurting through its savagery. You can kind of tell it's looking at Kevin with a bit of respect from this blow. <laughs> but for the most part, he just crashed his hammer into a mountain of muscle and bone. So when you said hurting, I just walked in. Sorry, you mean the pain inside? Yes. Talking about the <laughs> no, that's us. <laughs> Where red? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. This hammer pales in comparison to the damage done to you by your parents. <laughs> Malison sees the ships getting in uh, in bombing position. Malison is going to. So there were eight ships total, but we destroyed one of them, right? Uh, the APC. The uh, that was the eighth APC. There's seven Da Vinci. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah seven, seven bombers, and there was eight, and the eighth thing was the troop carrier? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Melison presses the button, activating the auto cannons during her turn as well. The first shot from the auto cannon misses, the second one hits, doing... Malison sensing that the biggest threat is these bombs, and it has to be dealt with immediately, hits the auto cannon, hopes for the best. These auto cannons are usually pretty accurate, however, they must take time to recalibrate. Only one of the shots made it. However, this shot took out the right steampunk propeller engine on one of these flying machines, the one closest to them. Mm. This machine is barely staying in the air after this. These, seems, these things seem kind of rickety. Malison... I hope my bird survives. ...is going to use her, her maximum movement speed, and everybody's bombers are keeping pace. Mm. She's also going to try to move up one. So we're going to say Malison moves, gets out of the bombing range. She essentially changes one lane over to the left. Nice. It's going to hit the NOS button, which is going to double her movement speed. You hear Malison say... Hold on to your butts. As she hits the <laughs> NOS button. But only if you consent. <laughs> if consent is available, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Kevin definitely grabs. This is a Men in Black-esque speed boost. Nice. You know, the little red button. In fact, everybody go ahead and give me a dexterity check. I'll do the wear rats as well. Dexterity saving throws or checks? Uh, saving throw. Y'all get a plus 1d4 to that. Oh, cool. With your blast. Oh, thank God. The were-rat attacking Kevin is unfazed by this movement speed. It is like he was an incredible surfer or skateboarder. The were-rat who spit up Gertrude is flung across the ship by the flat cannon by this speed boost. Everybody else, if you rolled below a 13. I did. Same. You were in the flat cannon. Doesn't yes. matter. You were in a strapped seat. Doesn't Sweet. matter. Anybody who was on their feet. Kevin. Okay. And Gertrude. You guys are by the uh, gonk as well. All of you, with the exception of the were-rat ogre who attacked Kevin, are flung to the flat cannon at what the rear of the What was the DC that we were trying to make? Uh, 13. 13. Oh, I made it. Oh, gonk and this mighty were-rat ogre were the only two beasts powerful enough to resist the nos. <laughs> and downstairs, Tiffy's fine. He rolled a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, you would have heard a 300-pound robot crashing through the back. <laughs> nope, wow. Tiffy is fine. All right, looks like Lothario's Low center of gravity. Up. 
Lothario, you are up. I'm on the flat cannon. You were on the flat cannon in the front, though it doesn't really matter. Both can fire 360. 360. Oh, my God. No. Okay. Um, how big's the range? Like, how many uh, people cubes? Interesting. Each flat cannon explodes for a 40-foot radius. Okay. At best, if the squares are adjacent and you <laughs> aim right, you could take out two. Awesome. So are they flying towards at me, basically? Like, keeping pace with us. Yeah, they're like right. a bomber. They're not going straight on. They're lining they're parallel. up. Parallel. They're lining a parallel. Yep, yep. Okay, well, I was thinking uh, I only have one shot, right? Can I shoot it towards you? get one shot. Can I uh, aim my, my little flat cluster at the uh, the kind of like frontish center? You want to get the too close yeah. to the ship? The too closest to the ship. And Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there ships. Uh, 11. All right, plus, plus three, three is 14. Roll, roll, roll one, one, 24. You hit... Go ahead and roll me 3d10. Five damage. Five damage? That's what it was, right? Yeah. yeah. 3d10, five damage? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Lothario, you aim your flat cannon. You look down the crosshairs. Of, I want you to think Luke Skywalker shooting down TIE fighters in the Millennium Falcon. It's a similar gunner setup. However, you take aim. You know the way this weapon works, the exploding <laughs> you round. You hear your mom, Lothario. You aim right between the closest threat, the first two bombers. Mm-hmm. Hit the button aloud, boom, explodes. However, uh, just because this is like shooting a grenade, a lot of the uh, fragmentation of this flak round just barely tore away periphery parts of the two ships. While big chunks did fly off this rickety flying machine, the one that was damaged by Malison is now barely in the air, but the other one that you hit is looks like it's still doing okay. God, so reloaded. You see Lothario pick up a large shell, get up from his seat, unbuckle himself, put the large shell in. <laughs> Buckle himself back up. You're ready to fire his next shot. Gonk, you're up. Don't miss your shot. Feet fail you not. This ain't the opportunity that I got. All right. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I would like to rage. Let's rage. And Gonk goes Super Saiyan. Electricity crackling off of his body. He's going to take a couple big old swings at that, at the, uh, the rat, the were rat that Kevin was, uh, slashing at. All right. Uh, go ahead and give me some attack rolls. All right. Let's see that. <laughs> of course. Uh, so that would be an eight to hit. That's eight a fourteen. Plus nine. Fourteen, that hits. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and roll all your attacks, Mole. All right. So the first one is going to be a twenty-one points of damage. Uh, that's twenty-four points of damage because there's another. There's Saint Elmo's fire. There's a loud spark. <laughs> all right. Again, I do. Well, that hits too. If the other it, one you have to, it, yeah, this this hits as well. Uh, oh, there's no longer electricity. Um, You've lost that spark. You've lost the spark. 20 points of damage. 28? Okay, for second attack, 28. Wow. No, 20. 20? 20. Uh, for your next attack? All right, last one. Yeah, that hits as well. Uh, 25 points of damage. Wow. Okay. Gonk starts by driving his giant cutlass deep into the gut of this were-rat ogre. This were-rat ogre facing not one, but two mighty challengers. Just like in Lord of the Rings, when that Urukai gets stabbed, grabs the cutlass, and to draw his opponent in closer, pulls the cutlass deeper into his abdomen. He brings his hand up, getting ready to swipe at Gonk with his other hand. Gonk, on the other hand, the experienced warrior, withdraws his cutlass, and with a mighty 24-point attack, removes that rat ogre's left arm at the forearm. (laughs) And with its third attack, he attempts to bisect the rat ogre into an upper and lower torso. Though his blow is mighty, it is a mighty tree he is trying to cut down and he only gets about a fourth of the way in as the rat ogre grimaces in pain as blood and guts 
are spilling out of the side. This rat ogre is in very bad condition, but the savagery in its eyes has not dimmed one bit. Still standing? Oh, my. That's amazing. TV. <laughs> Gonk immediately, his eyes roll up in fury. There's like this uh, uh, arcane spark that lights up around the, uh, the the area of the deck, and he just shouts, Gangway! And swings his cutlass. All right. With my spiritual weapon... Say it. Say book. Tifi downstairs. Um, his already glazed over eyes, because he's more forged, glazed over even more as uh, he... Uh, puts his senses into rust and rust flies up and to the uh, upper deck and uh, since um, the uh, ogre were rat is engaged with gonk rust will try to fly by and do a touch spell attack of inflict wounds 40 10 40 10 it's a lo- it's, it's I'm casting at level two. Uh, that's ten for the first two. What is what is uh, Artificarian's like battle cry? Is it like uh, check your sources or uh, <laughs> Excelsior? Yeah, so I love to read the bibliography. Wounds will be uh, twenty-one points of damage. Man, these things are tough. Zoinks! And now with my bonus action, my spiritual weapon. Is it my big old book? Giant glowing pink <laughs> um, book. Yeah. Uh, big book energy. <laughs> Fly forward, book, and attack. Uh, and uh, it opens up and tries to like close on the uh, giant were rat's face. <laughs> Gives him like a really like giant paper cut. If you roll above two damage, if you have a modifier over two, don't even bother rolling damage. Yes, uh, spiritual weapon is uh, gonna be. As Gonk is standing in front of this savage were rat, two powerful creatures going back and forth. The were rat distracted with it. The book actually slams Gonk's sword, <laughs> driving it further in. That's Ooh, how we go for it. Some good color. Okay. Gonk's sword still in the beast's side. The were rat distracted by the sword in its side, organs falling out of it, its life force leaving it, barely even notices this owl as it perches itself on its shoulder. It curiously looks over. In a moment of clarity, Rust just brings its beak onto the rat ogre in the shoulder. As soon as it does, necrotic energy surges through this creature's body. It looks very similar to uh, if you chose the wrong goblet at the end of the last crusade. (laughs) You just see gangrenous wounds start to open and just necrotic flesh start to rot away, centering on this peck on the shoulder. Huge portions of this thing's flesh just slopping off. Piles of fur and black, rotting flesh accumulating on the ground around it. This creature is still standing. It's almost just a skeleton. Oh my goodness. Smiling. Gonk is actually kind of taken aback by in this rage. Dang, uh, he kind of lets his power. He lets go of his sword briefly just to not get this black necrotic flesh all over him. As the creature sits there smiling, the giant floating spiritual weapon art of the deal opens up oh God. and sneaks up behind the uh, rat ogre, slamming it shut and slamming Gonk's blade all the way through completely bisecting this creature. And Why what? is that the only book we ever use on this <laughs> little uh, the Are there sponsor. any other books? <laughs> no. No, there's not. As the creature falls to the ground, all of you can swear you heard the book say, sad, as the <laughs> were-rat collapses to the ground. How anticlimactic that, that Gonk was chopping that thing up like he's making an ice sculpture and then a book kills him. <laughs> like a hundred damage. Aids Gonk in his uh, <laughs> yeah. Shad, you're butchery. Up. 
Okay, how far away are all those bombers from us? Wait, I want Gaunt to stand over the corpse and say, reading is fundamental. (laughs) Reading is fundamental. Chapter's closed on this boy, rat. (laughs) (laughs) Yow! Puts on sunglasses. (laughs) Man, I hope no one's having some sweet puns up there. that's right. Won't get fooled again. 60 feet above you and about 30 to 40 feet uh, in front. I recall Hudson so that he flies back, so that he's flying back from the exploded, uh, you know, yeah, but how do you do that, though? You can just blink him to you. Yeah. Oh, really? Come on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Be like, nope. <laughs> to me, my hawk. And yeah. Then, Come back, Hudson. And I have him fly back to me. And in the meantime, I shoot the flak cannon at, uh, one of the, at, at some of these, hopefully the most damaged ones, to try to to try to knock them out of the sky. Okay. The the, the first two right here, go ahead and aim your flak cannon. They'd be, they're the most immediate threat. All okay. of them. Okay. Uh, 18 plus 3 is 21, plus the 1d4 is uh, 25 to hit. Uh, that certainly hits. Uh, go ahead and roll. 3d10. I got 1. 8. That's 11 damage. Uh, 11 damage. Chud aims his black cannon and fires it. The first and most damaged bomber in the line, that round must have hit his bomb because that thing just went up like a powder keg. Boom, a loud explosion happens, taking out the first one. The second one is now smoking heavily. With It's barely in the air. There's smoke coming from the engines. It's very wobbly. It's having trouble staying on its flight path. Nice. Gertrude, you're up. Dang. So I was going to do the spell Hunter's Mark, which means I lose one of my attacks. Okay. 15. Nice it yes. was a total of 15. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, Learning is fun. Is she also blessed? That doesn't add to damage, does it? Uh, it yeah. does. <laughs> I am blessed. The second flying machine, the one that's damaged, one that's smoking, the pilot seems to be trying to put out fires and really just wants to drop this payload, but it's not time yet. And as he's panicking and trying to save his life, an arrow pierces his skull. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank God. He falls out of his You're flying machine. You're freaking ready player one, that clown. He falls out of his flying machine. His bomber crashes into the river to your right. You see a large explosion as the bombs hit the rocks at the bottom of the shallow water near the edge of the... Gertrude, break the fourth wall, look at the camera and say they call me Cupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's now the bomber's turn. There are five bombers left. It is a simple matter of course correction for them to set up the final steps of their bombing run. All of them get into position. I am now going to roll damage for this. Plus eight to attack. Sorry, so we're gonna roll for five bombs. The first bomb hits. The second bomb misses. Third bomb hits. Fourth bomb hits. Real good. Fifth bomb hits. Now we're gonna roll some damage. One miss. One miss. So 16 D10. 71 points of damage. All of these bombs except for one strike the battle barge large mark. All of you, go ahead and give me a general dexterity saving throw. Plus four for all y'all. Or plus a 1d4. Actually, whoever's up on top. So, Tifi, you don't have to. Everybody else, give me a dexterity saving throw. Fortunately, I have danger sense, so I have advantage on this sort of thing. Everybody who made it, you go ahead and take half damage from these bombs exploding. Everybody who made it, you found some cover somewhere on the ship. You take half damage. Everybody who didn't, go ahead and take 19 points of damage as little bits of shrapnel and exploding bits tear through your flesh. So do you want us to take nine and a half points of damage? Just round down. Ah, Hudson, I got a a splinter in my buttock. Right in the motivator. Large Marge, the battle barge, starts slowing down, but is able to keep forward momentum. The bombers start circling back around, realize you guys are sitting ducks. The bombs damage the front and back flat cannons. 
Malice can see that on her display. Fortunately though, while you guys are only maybe a quarter of a mile away from the entrance of the mountain tunnel, which would provide safe cover from air, she doesn't think you're gonna make it. However, uh, she does notice that if she pulls over in the next 100 feet, there is a cave that she assumes will link up to this trade network, and that would provide adequate protection. She's able to slow the battle barge. Uh, you hear her say, everybody, you need to move quickly. Those bombers will be back. No way she would talk that much. <laughs> I apologize, I'm not normally this talkative. <laughs> And so there we are. The bombers are circling back around. One barely injured were-rat, the one with a prosthetic metal appendage sewn onto its hand, eyes you guys hungrily, recovering from the bomb blast damage. And I think that's where we're gonna end it for today. Go cliffhanger. Stay in the narrator voice. And that's where we're gonna end it today. And I think that's where we're gonna end it today. I think this has been fair. This has been a fine legislative session. We got a lot done. All right, this is the start of our more saga-based adventure. I'm hoping that uh, each one of them is a bit more like an action movie. So uh, tell me what you guys think, fans. Write in. Tell me to fuck off. I don't know. (laughs) That was a fun one. Let's go ahead and close out. Clint Beiser, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me looking for plant-based foods in the the market because I'm trying to eat healthier. Is that related to this podcast too? Because I know Jesse, because of Chud, has altered his diet to include less beef. Do you yeah. eat fewer electronics and robots because of Tifi? <laughs> no, he actually uh, eats more now. <laughs> I do. You know, to be more like Tifi, I only eat computer chips. <laughs> Salvador Viesca, where can people find you? At home. Fair enough. So if you're willing to break into his home on, in North Park, take everything. <laughs> There's nothing. Jesse Egan had to step out a little bit early, but go ahead and go to Jesse Egan Comedy. <laughs> and his, I believe his website, just, you know what, Google Jesse Egan and you will be loaded with laughs. Yeah, there's for, actually a bunch of uh, clips. So yeah. just look up Jesse Egan. Jesse go Egan Comedy. Jesse Egan Comedy. Dot comedy. Dot comedy. No, it's actually jesseegan.net. Caleb Cleveland, where can people find you? Caleb is drawing, at Caleb is drawing, sorry, at uh, all your friendly neighborhood social medias. A little bit of a humble brag. Caleb Cleveland got a like from the Matt Mercer. He made some Hero Forge figurines. Correct. Uh, for everybody. Hero Forge, an amazing website. Check it out if you haven't already. Really, really good place to find and uh, create custom minis. Use promo code uh, Nomo Promo. <laughs> Not only did Matt Mercer hit like, he was the first person to hit like. Was, that guy's a trendsetter. He Damn, was. Damn, totally wasn't a bot. It was <laughs> not a bot. <laughs> Matthew Mercer's assistant hit that hit like for you. Well, and that's... I, well, I compared the result of the 3D print to the doozers from Fraggle Rock. So he's, <laughs> uh, he's a big hands and nerd. So he mm-hmm. dug it. Dave, where do you dance your cares away? You know what? No one has found me yet. I've put the offer out there that I will draw a picture of a fan if they hit me up. No one's found me yet, so figure it out. Sarah Lee Steiner, where can people find you? At Sarah Lee Magic. And if you want to reach out to the show, perhaps you have an NPC you want to uh, have introduced. Perhaps you want to complain about the rules. Perhaps you just want a date with Dave. Go ahead and reach out to the show at Awful D&D. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) And don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening. Later, nerds. Till next time. Farewell.
Hey there, nerd. All alone again tonight? Well, let me make sure you can have some company. Go to your phone and look up Awful Neutral Podcast. Leave me a message of what you want us to do. You can leave your comment wherever you want. Awful Neutral is five gold for the first minute and seven gold for each additional minute. Credit card fees may apply. We do not guarantee happiness. God is a lie. I'll even give you advantage.